morning, Bill. Hey, good morning. How's it going, Greg? How are you? Oh, uh, good. Good. Uh, by the way, Wiggy. Working through it here. Uh, uh, Wiggy is Wiggy is uh, playing injured today. Uh, he threw out his hip, getting into a hot tub. Bill. Yeah, you know it's crazy. Sometimes you get those situations where you know guys are playing football or sports or whatever, and they're active as you know as active as they can be, and they're in contact, and then something you know happens somewhere else that just you know some random thing. So you know it's. You just never know, but I hope he's feeling better. Yeah, I'm getting old. That's all. It is. <laughs> oh yeah, well, tell me about it. <laughs> By the way, um, before we before we talk football, I just want to mention I have been uh, roundly criticized on this program for my fashion sense, and uh, in particular, a white T-shirt that I once wore, which I did. Uh, the angle and the photo was bad. That's why I didn't look good. Uh, you look fantastic yesterday. I like mixing it up with the jacket and the T-shirt. You look great yesterday. Okay, well, that, that means a lot. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Wendy. Hey, Bill, I, I, I wanted to ask this because I watching the game yesterday, I saw Devin McCourty was wearing the green dot, and I saw uh, uh, Juwan Bentley wear it at times and other guys. What goes into the decision on whether you want a linebacker or safety uh, wearing the green dot, uh, or is it something that it's just week to week, or do you prefer the back end guy wearing it who's kind of calling defense who could see a little bit of everything? Um, yeah, right. No, that's a, it's a it's a really good question. It really kind of depends on the situation. Um, you know, sometimes um, you know our linebackers aren't in there on certain third down packages, and then you'd have to. You know, signal one 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 group and do the headset in the other group versus just doing the headset. You know, to one person all the time. Um, sometimes depends on the you know the type of game or the the personnel grouping that they use and and so forth. So there's a little bit of we're fortunate. We have a lot of guys that can do that. You know, Bentley can do it. Hightower, Van Noy, McCordy. Um, you know, we we have a lot of guys that can that can handle that. So. Um, you know, if, if we need to, if we need to juggle it around, uh, we can, you know, we can certainly do that. Bill, Mac looked great yesterday. Only the second quarterback to throw for over 300 yards against Tennessee in regulation. You look at Josh McDaniels and his game plan for him. He seems to be bringing him along perfectly uh, to really showcase his talent. Does Mac's ability on the field make it easier for Josh to kind of game plan better or bigger than maybe quarterbacks that you've had in the past? Make it easier to game plan over Tom Brady? No. No, I just, I just mean as a rookie, you see a guy come in, you must be impressed by his ability to play. So you look at Josh McDaniels and his ability to game plan with him. Um, yeah, I just. I mean- yeah, look, Josh does a great job. I mean, I've said that multiple times. Josh does a fantastic job of game planning, game calling, and game adjustments. I think when when you coach a team or when you coach a player, you know, you just don't sit there and think about, you know, is he a rookie? Is he a second-year player? Is he a seventh-year player? Is he a ninth-year player? You you just coach them to try to help them get better, and, and you know, that – that's a sliding scale. I mean, I understand that that coaching a rookie is not the same as coaching a ten-year veteran, but 
whatever that player, regardless of how many years he's been in the league, whatever he can handle, whatever he can process, whenever you feel like, you know, you're getting near the top, then, then you have to pull back a little bit until, you know, until you're comfortable with the level of information or um, volume that, that you're teaching the player. And then, you know, after he gets absorbs that, then, then you can, you know, keep stacking it a little bit higher. So I think that's the way you, you know, any coach coaches, you know, any player, whether it's, you know, Cam coming in last year, new to the system, or Mac coming in this year, new to the system. You know, some players process some things, you know, easier and quicker than others do, and then others process things easier and quicker than, you know, than another player. So you just kind of have to find that balance with each player, regardless of what year he's in or, you know, what position he plays. That's that's just coaching. Um, and, and it also, that plays to your whole team, too. It's not just one guy. You know, maybe one player can, or you know, a couple players are comfortable with a certain, you know, a certain adjustment or a certain way of doing something, and 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 if another one isn't, or he's just not, you know, ready for that yet, or whatever the situation is, then then you you probably got to back off on it until you know until you can get to that point, or just forget it and do something else if that's something that you know you can't execute well. So, I you know I I, I think it's really about you know, building the team, improving each individual player, but fitting that together, um, it's, you know, you're you're as strong as your weakest link, and, and that doesn't mean you're weak. It's sometimes it's experience or it's, um, you know, the opportunity to see things in practice, different things, so that, you know, if the defense or the offense does something a little different than what they usually do, you know, you know how to handle it. So... Uh, again, I think that that really is the same for every player, and it's the same for offense, defense, and special teams. There's a there's a composite of what the entire group can do, you know, not just one individual person. Bill, another big play yesterday from from uh, JC. Um, what is it uh, about uh, about him that makes him so good back there? Yeah, well, it's a great play by Devin. I mean, you know, Devin, you know, took the over out and was able to you know, break it up and, and then, you know, JC gobbled it up there, but, um, and then, you know, the strip was, you know, it was a similar play that, um, he had last year, two years ago, whatever it was in the Cleveland game. Um, but, you know, just effort and, and seeing the ball come away from the, you know, the runner's body and, and just timing the, the punch of the strip there. Um, so he's, you know, JC is a very instinctive player, and he's fast. And and his speed, you know, enables him to make some plays that, um, you know, that maybe some other guys couldn't make. But you know, he's got a good instinctiveness for the ball, whether it's knocking it out or, um, you know, or or catching it. Um, and he's he's obviously got excellent hands and and high and eye and eye coordination. Bill, when you look at your your rush defense yesterday, you give up a ton of yards, but the prior couple of weeks to that, you guys did a good job. What was it yesterday that maybe allowed Tennessee to get some of those yards on the ground? Was it you you know poor gap discipline, or was it just getting beat at uh, the point of attack? Yeah, well, a couple a couple of big plays obviously really you know skewed that like it always does, which is. You know, we just got to do a better job of, you know, coaching and and uh, defending that. So, it's, statistically, this game wasn't a lot different from the, the 19 game. 
uh, in terms of what their production was, you know, rushing, passing, and so forth. Big difference, obviously, is the turnovers, and and we scored a lot more points. So, you know, we just got to go back to work here and and um, you know fix some of the things that that hurt us, and you know do a better job of coaching them and doing a better job of of executing them. Kendrick Bourne seems to be putting in the extra effort on every play. David Andrews called him an energizer bunny after the game. What makes him so uh, helpful and uh, important to this team? Yeah, KB has been really productive for us. And he does have a, a high level of energy every day, you know, whether it's practice or, um, you know, you guys see it on Sunday, but, you know, we see it every day in practice. He's great. Great guy to have on the team, has a great attitude, really works hard to do his job and, and help others, you know, by blocking or sometimes just clearing out on a route or something like that. So, um, you know, glad we have him, and he's really really stepped up for us. Bill, looking ahead to Sunday, what makes Josh Allen uh, tough to defend? Uh, pretty much everything, Greg. He's, he can throw it. Um, he can extend plays. His experience level has made him a really smart quarterback, doing a lot of little things, um, like things with the cadence and audible and, you know, seeing blitzes and anticipating them, slide, sliding the protection over to pick him up, things like that. He's, you know, he's a smart player. He's tough. He's physical. Um, he's got a great arm, hard to tackle, make all the throws. He's got good leadership and, and toughness out there. You know, he's, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. It should be pretty wild in Buffalo on Monday night. What has your experience been, Bill, in your 20 years in the division with the Bills Mafia? I can't imagine they like you too much. Yeah, I'm sure they yeah, no, they definitely don't like me. <laughs> uh, by the way, did you get – I got to follow up on the potato question. Uh, did, you, did you get what you wanted on Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, I'm all set. Yeah, Linda – Took care of it. Okay. <laughs> what was it? Mashed or or scalloped or or, or baked? Sweet potatoes. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh All wow. Right. All right. Bill, I was watching the. Um, I've been. You know, obviously, you watch a lot of football week in and week out. You watch the Thanksgiving Day game. Good game between Dallas and Vegas. Problem is, ton of penalties. You look at your football team. You only had four penalties in yesterday's game. You know, what do you guys do over there, coaching wise, uh, to kind of get the the players into the mindset of what they have to do to not allow stupid penalties to kind of change the outcome of the game or make things difficult for you guys to win football games. Right. Well, you know, we get a, say the penalties fall into, you know, a few different categories, but, um, and so certainly the ones that are preventable, let's start with those. Um, those are the ones that you just you have to eliminate pre-snap penalties and substitution alignment and things like that. Um, you just got to take care of those. Um, those are inexcusable coaching, you know, substitutions, things like that. We got to eliminate those. And then, and then there are the penalties that are caused by poor technique. So. Doing, you know, just just having poor technique on the play that puts you out of position, and then you, you know, reach, grab, hold, you know, whatever it is that that causes penalties. And then there are decisions, judgments, and 
And there's some bang bang plays that sometimes it's just stuff happens. That's football, you know, and you, you look at the play and it's hard to tell the player what to do differently. Um, you know, you probably, if you were playing the position, probably would have done the same thing. And sometimes stuff happens, but the ones that we can prevent by concentration and proper technique and decision making, um, we try to make as few of those as possible. And, and we, we have to eliminate the ones that are totally in our control that are pre snap penalties. Those are, you know, those don't have anything to do with who we play. That's just us. So. We have to we have to fix those. I, I notice uh, Mike Rabel seems to uh, have that team huddle up uh, at midfield on the uh, Patriots logo every once in a while. Is it uh, is that just coincidence or gamesmanship or did you did you notice that at all? No, I missed it. After the game, you said eight wins aren't going to clinch you guys anything. How do you temper the excitement after a big win like that for for not only you but the coaching staff, the team, uh, when you look ahead and know that you have another big one ahead of you? Yeah, well, it's always great to win. It's hard to win in this league, and and so it's you know it's great to win, but you gotta you gotta turn the page, win or lose. You gotta turn the page and move on. So. We got a big game coming up. We can't just sit and dwell on this one. You now we lost some tough games earlier in the year, and can't sit around and you know cry about those either. So you got to move on. That's the NFL. I mean, every week's a battle. You gotta gotta be ready to you know to face the next challenge. So that that'll never change. We can't we can't operate any differently than that. Bill, I know you talk about the penalties, and I a lot of it I've kind of got out of that was discipline. There was a play in the game on Kendrick Bourne's touchdown where Jacoby Myers has a paleback block. And I know with the new rules nowadays, it's very difficult to – I mean, you can't hit the guy, but those guys can still make plays. Um, you look at a play that he kind of just positions himself in the perfect position to not pick up a penalty but also get in front of the guy and so he can allow he can allow Kendrick Bourne to, to, to get in there for the touchdown – how are you coaching guys nowadays, especially in those situations where a lot of those plays lead to touchdowns or lead to big plays, and but you can't blindside guys no more? Right. Well, you know that's a great, um, you know it's it's a great question, a great and a coaching point that is, you know, we always try to emphasize it's it's the defenseless receiver, um, it's roughing the quarterback, it's blindside, peel back, open field blocks. Like those are all decisions that that players have to make in a split second. Um and you know, I'd say over time and and through experience, um and not just on our team but throughout the league, you know, you, you don't see the defenseless receiver penalty much anymore. I mean you used to that play used to happen five times a game and then you'd see three or four penalties a game and now it's, you know, much less frequent. And I think, you know, players have understood and made the adjustment to, you know, the strike zone and, and contact and, you know, not leading with the head and so forth. And, you know, same thing with roughing the pass. I mean, there are some close calls on that. But, again, I'd say in general, you know, that the defensive players, you know, understand the strike zone again above the knees, below the shoulders and, you know, can't body weight the quarterback and so forth. I mean, there's still some that get called, but, it's trending probably in the right direction, which is good for player safety and 
and whether it's making decisions on on like I said blocks or hitting the quarterback or uh, you know contacting a receiver uh, who's, who's looking for the ball and doesn't see the defender coming, um, peel back blocks and things like that. The the players need to understand the rule and they need to understand what they what they can't do and then try to do the best they can with what they can do. Um, and so that was a great decision by, by Jacoby. But, you know, you see that a lot in the kicking game um, and screen passes and, and things like that, those open field plays. Uh, and it's just that split-second decision that the, that the player has to make. And, you know, fortunately, we have a lot of smart players, guys that, you know, pay attention, that, that learn from either their mistakes or watching others do it and get into that situation and, and do the right thing. Certainly, Jacoby falls into that that category. So it's, um, you know, as you know, things, things happen out there in just a split second, you can't plan for them. And all of a sudden you're right there and you have to try to react quickly and also, you know, properly to do the right thing. So, um, it's, you know, it's what being a good football player is. It's like getting in a hot tub. If you don't react (laughs) quick enough, you throw your hip out. (laughs) Well, it's it, it's got to be difficult, I, I would imagine, Bill. It's got to be difficult nowadays, like to coach even on like screen passes. Linemen are so ingrained in cutting guys and you know getting guys on the ground, and now you know you take that away from them. And I know it's about safety of the game, but it, it there has to be this this difficulty in in coaching it the right way to where you're you're trying to take something that's been ingrained in players for so long and. And I feel like it's a part of the game, and now you're taking it away. Uh, so that's kind of why I, when I saw that play, I, and, and even on screen passes, I got to be like, you, know, you got to give yourself and your coaching staff credit for being able to get guys to be able to do that. Right. Well, on the, um, you know, on the the screen passes and the outside runs and things like that. That's really, it's really no different than, um, you know, it's really no different than a a kickoff or a kickoff return. And, you know, as you know, back when, back in the day, um, when you were allowed to block below the waist on, on kickoff uh, returns and that was taken away. And then on kickoffs, you're allowed to go in and cut the wedge. And then that, that rule was changed. So, you know, now on the kickoff, the, the return blockers have to block, you know, above the waist and the, the coverage players can't, you know, cut blockers in space or cut the wedge or that kind of thing. And so that's really what a screen pass is now. It's just turned into a kickoff and a kickoff return with the same rules. Same thing in the punting game, too. Um, but those rules now have just been transferred over to uh, to those plays outside the tackle box. So I think, you know, it's been an adjustment for the offensive tackles and, and for the corners, um, probably more for the tackles because, again, corners, that's what they, how they would play on on kickoff coverage and, you know, punt coverage and things like that. So they already have to deal with that rule. But you know, I think the overall consistency of the rule is, is a good idea. Um, so now everybody's, you know, plays it the same way, whether it's a punt, a kickoff, or a, or a scrimmage play. And, you know, like I said, it's it's just an adjustment that, that some guys have had to make. But um, honestly, it's fundamentally no different than the same adjustment they made in the kicking game you know, however many years ago that was, 15 years, 20 years ago, whatever it was. All right, Bill, one week from tonight in in Buffalo. Um, we will talk to you on Tuesday of, of next week, I believe. So Tuesday morning, thanks for being on this morning. 
Yep, sounds good. Yep, big one this week, so look forward to it. All right, see you Tuesday.